study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program provided by Living Stream Ministry and featuring the ministry of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee. And we're pleased to bring you recorded excerpts from the life study of Philippians on today's broadcast. Before we join today's program, we'd like to give you our toll-free number that you may receive our free monthly newsletter, The Hearing of Faith. That number is 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 1-888-543- 3788. Now, let's join today's life study. Enjoying Christ or being an enjoyer of Christ, these are not terms we commonly use, but we'll see today on this life study of the Bible from Philippians that enjoying Christ issues in a life full of forbearance and without anxiety. Philippians chapter 4 verses 5 and 6 say, Let your forbearance be known to all men. The Lord is near. In nothing be anxious, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. Well, here enjoying Christ is his forbearance, and with no visible anxiety is my brother Dick Taylor. Dick, good to have you back for this life study. Thank you, Brother Chris. And there is no higher enjoyment in the entire universe than the enjoyment of Christ. Dick, there's an outward issue from this inward enjoyment and experience of Christ. In these verses that we looked at in chapter 4, we see the description of a glorious outward expression of the inward reality of a person who's living and experiencing Christ. Dick, we can't experience these excellent characteristics referred to apart from really enjoying and experiencing Christ, can we? There is no way. And I appreciate, Chris, right before these verses— 5 through 9 in chapter 4, is verse 4, right. which says, Rejoice, rejoice in the Lord always. always. And again I say, Rejoice. rejoice. Amen. In fact, the word rejoice and joy are mentioned 12 to 14 times in this little tiny book, indicating that the secret to having such excellent virtues as are expressed in verses 5 through 9 is only possible through the real enjoyment of Christ. Let us rejoice in the Lord always. Always. Mm. Dick, I want to repeat Paul's word at the beginning, mentioning these excellent virtues. Philippians 4, verse 5 says, Let your forbearance be known to all men. The Lord is near. The Lord is near, Dick, and that doesn't mean only that he's coming soon, but also that his presence is near to us. Let's go to Witness Lee for today's life study. The Lord is near. As he's here, why you need to be dead, noisy, to be that much stirred up, to be that much bothered, you don't need. The Lord is near. Because the Lord's near. As you are living Him, let people see. Let people know your moderation, your forbearance. This is the first aspect of the expression of a life that lives Christ. This is verses Revelry, vainglory, murmuring, and reasoning. I tell you, when you are in a reverie for vainglory, or when you are murmuring, 
a reasoning. You are not forbearing. And that proves that you are not living Christ. Here is a test. Whether you are living Christ, you are not living Christ. And the first <laughs> test is your moderation, your forbearance. I do believe Paul has no intention to teach us, like Confucius does, how to bear the troubles, how to be patient. But he wanted to present an expression of the life that lives Christ to us. And the first piece of this puzzle is forbearance. So you have the Lord here with you. The Lord is near. Yeah, the Lord is near. As you are leaving the Lord, and the Lord is near, you just let people see, let people know your forbearance, that you are a calm person, nothing can stir you up, could bother you. Dick, the first aspect of a life that lives Christ is this matter of forbearance. If we are living Christ, then others will be acquainted with our forbearance. They'll see that we're calm, that we're tranquil and moderate, and that really nothing can disturb the inward peace that we have. This is a big word, Dick, forbearance, and it implies a lot, but I think it's clear. It's certainly something that we cannot imitate apart from the enjoyment of Christ. Something like this just does not come out of human effort, does it? It does not. And like we were fellowshipping earlier, the source of such an excellent virtue as forbearance is surely the enjoyment of Christ. Eventually, we find out that forbearance is just Christ himself. When you get into the full description and definition of forbearance, you realize it's impossible for any of us with our human life, especially our fallen human life, to have such a characteristic. So we must be enjoyers of Christ. Let's enjoy Christ. I like the footnote in the recovery version uh, from Philippians 4.4, which says, Rejoicing in the Lord is the secret of having the excellent virtues listed in verses 5 through 9. The source of this forbearance is surely not our human effort but surely the enjoyment of this excellent Christ. Dick, what about this word? It's not one that we normally use in our everyday conversation, yet it's surely a part of the divine record. Forbearance, help us with this a little bit. Yeah, this is an excellent word. Uh, this is a state of being calm, tranquil, uh, quiet, uh, full of moderation, peaceable. Even when you're living with others, you could say there's a sweet reasonableness about you in your dealing with others. There's not something in you just fighting for yourself, not of rivalry, vainglory, not of murmuring or reasoning. It's just almost an indescribable, all-inclusive virtue. That's forbearance. And as we mentioned, the only way to really have this virtue in our living is by enjoying Christ. So it's so good to realize that every epistle that Paul wrote— begins and ends with grace. Philippians is no exception. It ends with chapter 4, verse 23. The grace, Chris, of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Again, indicating that God's desire is not that we just outwardly imitate him, 
mimic him because we can't do it. This virtue, forbearance, is really Christ himself, so we need to be those who experience and enjoy Christ that we might have such a virtue in our human living for his expression. And then this is proof that we're living Christ, we're taking Christ as our pattern, and that we're counting everything else as loss just to gain and possess this marvelous Christ as our unique goal. I appreciate that the Lord has given us himself as grace, and grace is not merely unmerited favor, but grace is God in Christ as the wonderful Spirit coming into us to be our life and our life supply for our enjoyment. So again, we urge all of you who are listening to open up your heart to the Lord freshly, exercise your spirit, and just enjoy this Christ as our grace. The more you enjoy him, the more he will be lived out of you. The expression will be forbearance. Dick, as you were um, giving these descriptors of this word forbearance, I couldn't help but think of my poor wife and uh, how little she encounters most of those things in our day-to-day, certainly never when I'm not enjoying Christ. Uh, Our marriage is a real test of this matter of forbearance, isn't it? It really is. To have a proper marriage, we must enjoy Christ. And like you, Chris, my poor wife, she needs a husband that enjoys Christ more. Well, we've got this word forbearance, Dick, uh, that maybe was not that familiar. The second big point in these verses is one with which I think we are all very familiar. That's the matter of anxiety. Verse 6 says, in nothing be anxious. That means that we need to have a life without anxiety. Anxiety undermines the living of Christ. Instead of being anxious, Paul says, in everything, by prayer and petition and with thanksgiving, we should make our requests known to God. Then the peace of God will guard our hearts and thoughts in Christ Jesus. Let's rejoin Witness Lee and hear what he has to say about the subject of anxiety. Now we come to the second item, no anxiety. I tell you, nothing uh, bothers us, uh, makes us all the time to have a turmoil like our anxiety. You nothing be anxious. In other words, don't worry about anything. But listen, in everything, we sure have a lot of things happening to us, day after day. Of course, uh, under his blessing, a lot of good things, a lot of good news. Yet, at the same time, quite often, bad things happen to us. Bad news came to us. Then, for this, everything, by prayer and petition, wait, not end. Wait, thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is an accompanying factor to go with our petition or prayer. Let your requests be made known to God. Prayer is generally with the essence of worship and fellowship. When we pray, it is not just to ask something of the Lord. The essence must be of worship and fellowship. The prayer time is the worship time. The prayer time is the fellowship time. 
then petition is something special for particular needs. We all need to have a prayer time. Even we don't have special needs, we still need to pray because day after day we need a time to worship the Lord. And we need time to have fellowship with Him. Bad news came, evil things happened to us, all this would cause us to worry, to be in anxiety, and then how could we calm down our anxiety? How could we uh, have the antidote? No other way but to pray. To pray. When we pray, when we get into the communion with God, when we practice the organic union in our prayer, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, spontaneously, we all know this, even unconsciously, the peace of God will be transfused into our inner being. Well, Dick, outwardly, it seems like we're talking about, oh, how to have a life without anxiety. But actually, we're talking about prayer as the antidote. How many times in our life have we experienced being overwhelmed with anxiety, but we go to the Lord and more than just express our desire, we have this moment of fellowship or worship that he described, and anxiety vanishes. It's tremendous, isn't it? It surely is. And like you said, we're not talking about just living a life with no anxiety, a deeper desire on the Lord's heart is that we would have constant, unceasing fellowship, communion, and union with him. So that's the whole point of prayer. Even the definition of prayer is not just asking God for a lot of things or to do a lot of things for us. But the most basic definition of prayer is to contact the Lord, touch the Lord, breathe the Lord, enjoy the Lord, and remain in constant union with the Lord. I have to give a testimony for our dear brother Lee that one thing that I saw in him day after day, year after year while he was here in America was that he lived a life practicing the organic union with the Lord. Yes, he would fail, but he would repent and he would come back. His desire was to always practice this communion, this fellowship and organic union with the Lord in his spirit. And surely, this becomes the counterpoise of trouble and the antidote to anxiety. Anxiety is swallowed up not by just trying to think about something else or maybe I shouldn't be anxious and this and that. This is just all manipulation that will just make the anxiety worse. In fact, let's face it, probably the thing that eats people up the most— including Christians on this earth today, is anxiety. We need this antidote. We need this counterpoise. We need to experience Christ by enjoying him in this organic union, practicing one spirit with the Lord. It's so good that the Lord is not just far away, not just historically one who came to this earth, but today he's the life-giving spirit right within our spirit, And he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit. Now we want to be those who practice to turn to him, to touch him, to breathe him, to contact him, to enjoy him, and to remain with him. So when you're on the freeway, whether you're at home with your wife, you're at work, wherever you are, we would practice. 
and open to the Lord. Lord, strengthen me to remain in this organic union with you. Then anxiety is swallowed up and God is infused into us as our very peace. Dick, I like both of these words you used, communion and organic union. Amen. What's the difference? Is there a significant difference? Or are we really talking the same thing in essence here? It seems like the uh, communion is something that's uh, ongoing as far as our conversing with the Lord and fellowshipping with the Lord, while the organic union is a condition that we're maintaining, a condition of oneness, intimately one with the Lord. After all, the most basic and critical relationship we have with the Lord is one of love. So the organic union indicates a real intimacy. But how do we get into this union? How do we remain in this organic union? It's by unceasing communion and fellowship, especially when we practice to just say, Oh, Lord Jesus, I love you. You will be communing with the Lord and practicing the organic union. And when we're in this organic union, Dick, the peace of God saves us from worry and from anxiety. Prayer has everything to do with this, as we're finding out, and we'll continue to see in this coming portion. Let's go back to Witness Lee. It is by this kind of a prayer that we get into the communion with God. Then we enjoy God. We just enjoy Him as our peace. And this peace will guard our heart, the source, and our thoughts in Christ Jesus. Even though a lot of anxieties, but none would disturb us because we have such a guarding peace of God. I say you would realize this is not a teaching. This surely corresponds with the experiences of so many of us. Hallelujah. It is this kind of peace that keeps us always in a calm situation. It doesn't mean nothing happened to us. Rather, a lot of things would happen to us, but nothing will disturb us. You see, nothing will bother us. Nothing will bother us. To live Christ, the first issue is not to quarrel with others, but to forbear, to be moderate. And it doesn't mean every day you got good news. No, no, no. Satan quite often would send you bad news. You shouldn't be bothered. You shouldn't be troubled because you have a peace that is God himself within you. Guard your inner feeling, your inner understanding, your heart, your thoughts. But you have to pray to get yourself into this kind of a fellowship with God that you may enjoy him as your peculiar peace. Then here you have the full enjoyment of Christ. Dick, Satan quite often does send us bad news. But this bad news often becomes the very factor that leads us into the prayer that we've been talking about. And when we pray, we experience this peace of God that guards our hearts and it calms us down and even makes us tranquil. It's marvelous that the Lord even can use the enemy's work to bring us to pray. But do we need to wait until we have problems of this sort before we have this kind of experience? Absolutely not. That's why we were fellowshipping earlier that the basic definition of prayer is to contact the Lord, touch the Lord, even to breathe the Lord. 
I don't need to wait in the human life for problems to come before I breathe. <laughs> I better breathe just to stay alive. So whether problems come or they don't come, we need to be those who are breathing the Lord, contacting him, and enjoying him. I appreciate so much that calling on the name of the Lord as a vital practice in our Christian life has been unveiled to us from this ministry. And so we don't need to wait for problems to come. We want to contact the Lord all the time. We want to breathe him all the time. We want to express our love to him all the time. How terrible if I'm on the freeway and I only wait for problems to come before I pray. On the other hand, if I'm on the freeway always opening my heart to the Lord, singing to him, calling upon him, expressing my love to him, he infuses me with himself as the very peace that mount guards over my heart. And the very anxiety that Satan would send through many things gets converted into excellent virtues that express Christ. What a divine deal this is. Satan comes in the form of anxiety. But as we come forward to the Lord, calling on his dear name, oh, Lord Jesus, we're brought into union and communion with him, and God is infused into us as the very peace that mount guards over our heart. Satan is put to shame, and our humanity is uplifted to express the excellent characteristics of Christ as is described in this one unique word, forbearance. And what's it look like? We have a life of forbearance without any anxiety. What a divine deal this is. And it all comes from just contacting, enjoying, and loving our precious Christ. Dick, the enemy's tactic not only is to bring us the anxiety, and we all experience that, but the real trick is to try to get us to deal with the anxiety by handling the anxiety, as opposed to, as we've seen today, really fleeing to this other realm, back to our union and communion, and organic union with the living one. That's really true. None of us can handle anxiety. We have to come to Christ, contact him, enjoy him. He is the only one and the only life that has no anxiety. May we enjoy Christ more. And we will leave you with our toll-free number and invite you to contact us. We'd love to pass these Life Study messages on to you in their printed form, and we have those for you, as well as a number of other books and publications that really explore and develop these points in great detail. A marvelous portion of this ministry related to these items. Do contact us. Our toll-free number is 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 888-543-3788. And our mailing address is Living Stream Ministry, Post Office Box 2121, Anaheim, California, 92814. And our email address is radio at lsm.org. We really would love to hear from you. Uh, For everyone who has contacted us over the past couple of years, we uh, add you to our mailing list and send free of charge a monthly newsletter called The Hearing of Faith. And this is a very popular publication. And the listeners that uh, have received this comment again and again how much they appreciate and enjoy and are supplied and nourished by this monthly newsletter. And it's uh, very attractive. Two or three articles each month. Uh, We have an article normally that begins on the front page kind of defining some of the uh, unique terms that we use in this ministry. And then an additional portion, oftentimes perhaps from a book that we're covering in that particular life study in a short section where we devote some space to our listeners to make their comments. And finally, on the back page, an article that's always very practical with very 
hands-on help in the Christian life, an article called The Path of Life. And in addition to receiving these newsletters, if you'll contact us, we have now included the past two years' editions, this monthly newsletter. All these past issues are now available at our website, so look for that as well. Once again, that's called The Hearing of Faith. So if you contact us, we'll be glad to send you the next issue and beyond, and you can find all of those past issues now on our website. So look for that. Once again, it's www.lsm.org. We'll be back tomorrow as we continue our life study of Philippians, the book on enjoying and experiencing our dear Lord Jesus Christ. Please join us for that. For Dick Taylor today, I'm Chris Wilde. Thank you very much for listening. Testament is a marvelous and clear revelation of God's purpose and plan. In 1984, Witness Lee spoke a series of 51 messages based on God's New Testament economy, which is his plan to dispense himself into his chosen, redeemed, and regenerated people as their life and everything to produce the body of Christ, which is his corporate expression as golden lampstands in this age and ultimately as the New Jerusalem for eternity. These messages have been printed in the book, God's New Testament Economy. God's New Testament Economy by Witness Lee from Living Stream Ministry is available at Christian bookstores everywhere, or you can order by calling 1-888-543-3788. That number again is 1-888-543-3788. Call today.